Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Before we begin tonight, I just wanted to remind our listeners that our club pins have arrived and that they turned out super cool. So um, uh, they're made from enamel on on metal, and they have two posts on the back. Uh, They are two inches tall. Um, It's good quality. Uh, You can purchase them from Etsy. I'll post the link below. Your purchase will greatly help our club uh, to continue to uh, provide you with this kind of entertainment. Our scenario is The Central Tree. It was written by Matt Ryan and Noah Lloyd, and it's available on their website, Reckoning of the Dead. I changed the title, but you can find the real title in the description. This is a one-shot, and it's the fourth time that we've run it. That being said, let's begin our journey into the darkness. The weather was gloomy. The sky was overcast. There was a good deal of dirty black snow lurking in the shady places, despite it being early spring. The date is April 14th, 1926, and spring break is almost over. A handful of faculty members from the Miskatonic Biology Department have been called to a meeting with the head of the department, Dr. Homer Winside. His office is large and comfortable, and his back wall is lined with shelving seven layers high, displaying all sorts of specimens preserved in formaldehyde, including a fully grown human heart. Gentlemen, I am very glad that you could come in. I have a bit of a problem. Um, I was contacted yesterday by the mayor of a little town called Rutland, um, Mayor Don Merrick. Uh, He is... Uh, Rutland is the geological, geographical center of Massachusetts. Um, Apparently in the middle of their town, right on the point of geographical center, is a large tree, an American elm, I believe. Um, He said something's wrong with it. Um, It's a fixture of their, um, their town. It's pretty much the only thing they have. For, to their name, this, this big tree. Um, but he said something seriously wrong with it. And he wanted to know if maybe, he doesn't know whether it's bugs or, or disease or, or some sort of poisoning or, or whatever. But he would like very much if you would travel out there and take a look. Um, they'll put you up in one of the hotels if you need to, because it's about a three, three and a half hour trip out there from here. Um, uh, so that's what I need you to do if, if that's at all acceptable to you. you you're free to take whatever equipment you might need. Um, do you have transportation? One of you probably has a, a nice town car. Um, oh, any yeah. questions? Sure, I can provide transportation for everyone. Oh, excellent. Martin? So that's really all I needed to, to tell you. If you if you have any questions, I mean, I don't 
really no much uh, more than that. What is it? Uh, do you, do you know the nature of the decline of the tree? Um, is it uh, only that or? only that he said it's it's just in the last couple of days mm. that he's mm. noticed anything at oh. all. Well, sir, I mean, you have some of the finest academic minds on the eastern seaboard right here in this office. That's definitely uh, why I called you a, a, a simple tree? I mean, there's no botanist in town? or, or a, Out there? Um, I don't know. He seemed to really, he called us, wanted experts. He doesn't, they really don't want that tree to be lost. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, well, things are important to to different people for different reasons, I guess. So we're we're goodwill here. Reach the mayor reaching out to us. We're just I trying mean, to yeah. foster I mean, goodwill. We are well. We're the one of the leading universities in Massachusetts. I, um, I don't study trees, so but I'm I'm willing to go out and help. Well, like I say, it might be a chemical problem or a or, or any number of things problem. could be a bug problem. Mm. Yeah, could be no, uh, any number of things that might might be happening to us. Yes, um, yes. The uh, the department will probably get a uh, nice donation if we are successful. Nothing I'm, else will sure give uh, some good publicity to our programs. That certainly mm. is also true. Um, helping the community and so forth. Um, be looked down as so hoity-toity by some of the others in Massachusetts. So um, the mayor is uh, Mayor Don Merrick, and I believe the sheriff is uh, Sheriff uh, Pete Penchant. Um, those are the only two names that I have here. So um, I'll leave it to you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. All right, sir. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Pick some, a uh, couple nets, some shovel, small shovels, maybe some sample bottles, and my usual kit. Mm. Maybe a couple books on um, North American bugs that infiltrate uh, trees. Yes. <clears throat> Just grab some reference materials on different types of trees native to the area and any kind of uh, ailments that might might affect them. Well, since it's uh, only a three hour trip, I'm just going to take a, uh, a small kit to take some samples with. I suspect if we uh, have to do some research, the library at the university would be the best place to do it. We can just, you know, ride back and what is it, uh, come up with a better solution. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, but you know, you never know what these, you know, the you know, cars and the roads these days. It might be best to take an overnight kit just in case. Uh, at least yes. an overnight bag. Yeah. Yes. Well, always need a change of clothes. Well, what is it? Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and take basically some like small tools and things like that to keep uh, samples. I'm a microbiologist, so like uh, enough to like make a culture and get enough for some slides, but I'm not taking like, you know, microscopes or any books like that. Just like whatever will fit into a briefcase and probably an overnight bag, change of clothes. I'm ready to go. Yeah. 
Something that affected a tree so quickly, basically overnight, it could be a, it could have been poisoned. True. Even sometimes so poison might take more than a day, though. It could. It is a little curious. Maybe a, maybe a bug is bored into it, and it's finally showing that the results of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I will we'll go or see. It could be a combination of things. Yes, yes. As to uh, get to it, gentlemen. Okay. It's probably about 9 a.m. as you are uh, making your final preps. Uh, from this point on, we can just say that anything that you would normally use as your investigation tools you're bringing, you've got available to you when you get there. All right, so uh, you hop in your cars or your car um, and uh, you head on out. Uh, the weather is, as I said, kind of gloomy, but it, you know, it's typical for Massachusetts at this time of year. Uh, the roads are windy and they, uh, they are lined on either side with woodlands. Um, so it's like traveling down a, a tunnel most of the way. Um, still it's bright. You see, uh, you know, ruts in the road onto the sides and you can see small little, uh, rivers and uh, ponds and all sorts of things. It's actually quite beautiful driving out there. But you finally get to a point where you're getting near, uh, a, a, a larger city called Worcester. And, um, you don't actually go into Worcester. You take the side road, uh, slightly north towards Rutland. Um, you start to go into farm country and uh, you see, you know, uh, lower flatlands, you see cattle, uh, you see things like that uh, off in the distance here and there. And eventually you see up ahead of you uh, a larger stand of trees and uh, the beginnings of a town. Uh, Rutland's not got a large population, maybe 300. Uh, you pull into the town. Uh, before, uh, is there any elms as we're coming in and, and we're going through the trees? Are there any other elms that I would spot as we're um, coming into town? Go ahead to a luck roll. Oh, no. oh, hard success. Okay. Luck doesn't actually have hard, but yes, you passed. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you do see a few here and there. It's a popular tree. It's uh, I, a big, a very big tree. Usually, once it starts growing, do they? Uh, they look fine. Yeah, everything looks lush and green. It's springtime. Everything is starting to get green. Um, the countryside's pretty because, like I say, there's there's places where it remains shady most of the day, and there might still be piles of snow from the winter that are pretty dirty at this point. But there's also a lot of places where the grass is, is pushing its way through and there are little wildflowers blooming everywhere. And, um, it's quite lovely. And the, and the green, the color green is, uh, is a light green, that predominant sort of uh, springtime green where every, all the, the growth is brand new. And, and, yeah. and I'll tell everyone else green. in the car, uh, you know, look out. There, right? there's uh, there's other elms that don't seem to be affected by anything, at least from the road here. I don't know if you want to look at them now or just go into town, but 
Might as well start with the problem. I mean, what is it? We probably have enough references for what a standard American elm looks like in the area. We, should. we do, uh, but we haven't been to this area, so I didn't know if it was more of a, a pandemic <laughs> affecting more than just one tree. It, again, it still seems odd that it's affecting one tree in, in town. So, but no, let's, let's go see bugs. what's right. Right. I so still suspect foul play on the tree, but oh, perhaps, perhaps so as we get closer, there'll be uh, more signs, but um, yeah. these look fine. Yeah. So you pull in into your... this town and uh, the first thing that you probably see as you're getting close to the town and pulling into it is the steeple of an old church. Um, uh, the predominant thing that you see in any town in Massachusetts is white. It's uh, white walls, white whitewashed buildings. Um, there's probably a cemetery next to the church. That's completely normal. Um, and you see, you see a school. Uh, it looks like a, a high, probably what we would call a high school. Um, it's uh, Dr. Leroy Doig High School, and next to the that you you're, you were kind of informed that it's near the school, uh, at the edge of a field. As you as you're moving towards it, you can you can see the the shape of the tree because it's a very large tree, uh, and there are people around the tree sort of looking at it um it's attracted the attention of the people in town uh, not all of them obviously it's not a mob of people but there are at least a dozen people that seem to be very curious about the tree itself as you pull up you notice also that there is a police car and there is a, a the sheriff is is standing there trying to keep people away from the tree and so forth. What do you do? Assuming, <laughs> assuming as soon as we pull over, um, I'm going to go over to the sheriff. Greetings there, um, constable. Oh. Um, uh, I am Professor Irwin Nelson, and these are my compatriots from... From the Miskatonic. Oh uh, yes, Mayor Mayor Merrick told us that you were uh, you were coming. Well, there she is. You look over at it, and you can see that there's some minor damage to the tree. Uh, it looks like some of the branches have been broken, um, and the people are milling about, looking at it. Uh, do a spot hidden for me. Can all do it because you're all moving up and looking. No, I'm no. Um, success, regular success. No. <clears throat> okay, those of you regular who su success, those of you who didn't succeed, you're just distracted at the moment looking at the crowd and so forth. Those of you who did succeed, um, you notice that there are some misshapen parts on the tree towards the bottom. And a number of the people are, looks like they're trying to get a closer look at the problem. 
you see that there is something oozing out of the tree, as if the tree has been partly wounded by something like you, you'd say sap, except that it's the wrong color. It's hmm. not light yellow. It's more of a bluish purple. Ooh. I'm going to take a sample of that. Um, of well, you're, you're still walking up to the, the tree. Um, the, the sheriff is now, you know, he's like, now, you know, folks, you need to get away from the tree and allow, uh, allow these gentlemen, these are scientists from the university, and uh, they're going to have a look at the tree and see what, what's wrong with it. Um, some of the people are more accommodating than others. Uh, um, you almost get the, the feeling that they consider, you know, this is like their baby, this is their tree, and something's wrong with it. Um, but for the most part, they get, they get pushed back. Uh, so as you come up closer to the tree, what it seems as if that something has gotten into the sap. There are places, um, gouges on the, the tree that are oozing this purpley, it's like a bright grape-colored purple sap. Hmm. Um, you can all do spot hiddens, but it's really going to be more like a smell hidden. Oh no, that's a fail. That's a fail. I rolled a three. Success. Nice. Oh, there you go. So, especially those extreme successes, you can definitely smell. There's a very odd smell. Um, almost, uh, oh, I don't know like the ocean, like a sea sort of smell, that sort of rotting fish sort of smell, especially if you get closer to this purpley substance that's on the tree. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Well, well, gentlemen, I'm, I'm not an expert on trees, but I'm pretty sure sap is not supposed to look or smell this way. So I'll take a sample, uh, do a chemical analysis when we're back in the lab. Okay. Do the. Um, I was just going to say, um, tell me what your precautions are. Are you just going up there with a thing? Or I'm going to put gonna, some gloves on. Gloves on. Gloves. <laughs> gloves. Good start. Well, well I'm and thinking it might be uh, fungal. So I'm going to uh, wear, like, I probably don't have a like a decent mask, but I, it's probably one of those like cheap little paper masks. Mm -hmm. So I don't breathe into the sample bare minimum. Um, put one of those on, put some gloves on with a, a glass vial, get a good amount of that uh, purple ooze. And uh, while I'm in there, the places where the ooze is coming from, does it look like there are like growths coming off of the tree or just like gashes into the tree and it's oozing purple? Well, it's, it's strange. Um, who, who's the botanist in the group? I'm the botanist. Um, yeah. Why don't you do a botany roll? Sure. Uh, 30, that would be a hard success. There are uh, places where, um, it looks like at some point the tree was wounded by something 
And now, I mean, just in the last couple of days, the tree is sort of swollen up right at those spots as if it was getting blisters. Um, and the blisters are the things that are sort of oozing this, this purple stuff. Um, you would think of, there are certain kind of like wasps that will lay their larva inside the tree and it causes a, what they call a gall to sort of form around it. The tree reacts. That usually takes a couple of months. In this case, the tree seems to be reacting violently towards possibly some sort of an invasion. And then those gashes, the, the initial gases are gashes, not the, uh, oh, the, what you're describing with the wasps there. Do those look man-made uh, well, at all? It's hard to tell at this point because they're all blistering up like, okay. uh, like this. Um, it could have been, you know, maybe like an axe blade or, or something, but it shouldn't produce this kind of uh, a reaction in a tree, the tree, you, you, you hit an you ax the tree and it'll, it'll take it a season or two to heal the gash, but it's going to do it very slowly. And it certainly isn't going to do it with purple goop. Um, about this time, a man comes up to you. He's fairly well dressed. Uh, looks like he's maybe in his uh, early sixties. Uh, and he introduces himself. Uh, hello, I'm mayor Don Merrick. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for coming all this way. Hello, Mr. Uh, Mayor. Well, what does it, what, how does it look? It looks like something's really wrong. Oh, I uh, think we're still performing our initial investigation here. It's a bit too early to uh, give any kind of reports on it. Uh, well, we figured uh, that since you were scientists, you might need some access uh, to some sort of facility. Uh, the high school right next door, they're still on spring break. You have the, I can, we can let you in the science lab. Um, they actually have microscopes and stuff like excellent, that. Excellent. That, Wonderful. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, do, who, uh, do you know who did the damage? We have no idea. It was, uh, yeah. it was uh, Margaret over there. Uh, she's uh, the grocer's wife. Uh, she noticed it and started telling people when a little bit of a crowd started to gather and eventually I got, you know, the, the sheriff and I got notified. That just and a few days ago or? That was just yesterday, actually. Just I, yesterday. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, I immediately called my friend, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Winside over at the university and uh, I sent you out. I'm glad. We don't want to lose the tree. It's a beautiful tree. It's probably 160 years old. Does someone uh, want it gone? It seems nobody in this malicious. It's our, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not in anybody's way. Right. It's, you know, six feet off the, the main road. Uh, the root structure isn't digging up the sidewalk. Oh, you know, it, so, it just seems odd. These these gashes here, these, these on that are not is, right. Is, is there a normal caretaker for this area? Not really. Probably the, the, the school, um, uh, not janitor, uh, groundskeeper probably mows the lawn out in the field there once a month. 
what is it? Uh, is there any uh, particular historical significance for this tree, like the uh, the treaty oak, uh, or something like that? Well, no. Other than it was, it was. We know it was planted by Jebediah Smith um, about 160 years ago, uh, but he was a land surveyor, and uh, this is the geographic center of Massachusetts. Uh, mm. That's really its own significant. Its only significance. Mm. Do the school children play near it? Oh, sure. I mean, this whole field back here. You know, it might be good to question them to find out exactly when they noticed it. You know, the yeah, you know, from one day to the next, because most times. Well, they've been they've been out of school for two weeks. Ah, okay. Uh, and where was, were the? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to ask where the gouges were. How high up? maybe well there's a few on the side but most of them are i mean towards the crotch of the tree where it starts to branch the first major crotch. so high high up maybe 12 to 15 feet off the ground oh okay so way it also looks, right. it looks like there's other bits of damage to the tree up up top but then again it is springtime so there could have been damage during the winter um heavy oh. snows and was there a storm uh, two days ago? There, there, there hasn't been a storm for uh, two weeks. Hmm. And uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, as we drove into town, it seemed like all the other trees uh, there seemed quite green and healthy. Well, this is yeah. a this is a, this is a unique. Uh, I mean, you don't case. think this is this is a contagious disease, do you? I mean, we don't know, know right now. You don't know. Yeah, it's too early to tell. Right now. But yeah, I would be worried about that. So I can give you a boost there, Dr. Miller. All right. Uh, I would like to try to climb the tree to get a good look at uh, the right. place where the most gouges are, because if they're like 12 to 15 feet off the ground. Well, we could get a ladder. Let's, let's. Yeah, the high school probably has <laughs> so a ladder. Let's ask. Uh, a ladder. We can get a ladder from the high school. Yeah. Where's, uh, the, uh, where's a graduate student when you need one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, this oh, young I mean, man's game climbing up this tree. <laughs> well, you'll also you'll have to be a little careful uh, not to get the purple stuff on you. That that's what I'm most concerned with. I don't necessarily want to introduce another object into it, particularly if the structure of the tree is compromised these seem to be blister like so i don't want to pop any on my way up so i think i could do that best by climbing up um what is it uh want me to make a roll for it sure all right Climb all right that is a that is a fail but not a uh Critical. Okay. Did you want to spend any luck? You can spend any amount of luck you want, except on uh, damage. Oof. No, I'd have to spend all my luck to make it. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're you're thinking that it's a little too slippery. Maybe with a ladder you can get up there. With a ladder. We'll we'll get a ladder. I'd yeah, be the that, safest. Do that okay. In you talked me into it. Uh, <laughs> Professor. Mr. Go ahead. Mr. Mayor, I mean, has anyone else touched this bluish purplish sap I, that, I, that you're I aware of? I don't know. Uh, people were all around here apparently earlier. Um, 
everybody do a spot hidden when he says that. Uh, how well did uh, you do? Hard success. Regular success. Well, Regular. Okay. Anybody else get a hard? Uh, I got regular success. Okay. Um, your regular successes, you notice there are still people milling about. They're curious watching you guys. Um, but Professor Martin, um, something strikes you as odd. In the dozen or so people that are chit-chatting quietly with one another, standing there with their arms crossed watching you guys, there are two people that aren't really with the rest of them. They are in the field walking around looking for something. They're looking on the ground, like slowly walking back and forth. Um, it's, it's all, you almost don't notice it at first, but they're definitely walking about looking for something. Uh, just try and call the, uh, the sheriff over, say, yeah, bring, bring him over real quick. Uh, it looks like those two people over there, uh, are looking for something. Uh, oh, well that's, um, that's, that's Margaret, uh, Ruddle, uh, our, uh, grocer's wife. And, uh, that's, uh, uh, John Hopgood. He's, uh, like the, the, he runs our little library. Want me to go talk to him? I mean, would there be, how's their reputation? Well, I mean, they're fine upstanding members of the town. Okay. I don't know what they're looking for. Maybe they drop along with you, Professor Martin. Yeah. I think uh, if they're looking for something specific in, in the ground, then maybe that might be something pertinent to what we're trying to, to discover here. Bugs. Bugs. Uh, Dr. Also, Nelson, um, do a spot hidden for me. Okay, a hard success. A hard success. Um, you, you say, you know, might be bugs. And just instinctively, because the person that you are as an entomologist, you look down towards the base of the tree. And as you're looking, you're not surprised to notice a number of ants um, walking up and down the tree. But you look closer and you realize that they are gathering little bits of the purple stuff and taking it back with them. Um, gentlemen, um, whether we like or not, this might be spreading um, if it's spreadable because the ants are gathering clumps. What is it? Uh, Mark Nelson's stun. Ants. Uh -oh. <laughs> Don't uh, don't ants uh, farm fungi? Frozen. Uh, well, they shouldn't have gone too far. Um, maybe we should uh, again. Let's test this the sap itself, but we may want to dig a perimeter ring around this tree. We lost you for a second there, Doctor Nelson. Um, ah. Yeah, they seem to be 
carrying it off ants. to somewhere. Yes, uh, don't uh, don't ants farm fungi? Yes, but they also go after sweet sap. Mm. Um, sweet apps. I'm gonna I'm gonna see, follow the trail and see if I can find where the nest is at. Okay. Um, you're in a do it roll. Do your entomology roll. That's probably the best roll for you. Uh, yeah. Hard if someone's attempt. helping him, can get a bonus on that. Um, following sure, but follow. yeah, he's he's, he <laughs> he's pretty good at it. Sure. Yeah. Um, about. 10 feet from the tree, there's a place where the grass sort of gives way, uh, and there is a mound of uh, tiny, tiny little pebbles from these ants that have excavated a, a nest underground. Um, and you can see that they're carrying the, uh, the purple stuff into their nest. The uh, you can immediately identify, since you're an entomologist, you can identify that they're harvest, harvester ants, uh, the big fat red ones. Um, not particularly dangerous, though they have a nasty sting. Um, but they're vegetarian. They eat, they collect seeds usually and eat seeds. You don't know why they would ever go for the sap of a tree. Even sweet sap, it's kind of, you know, they'll tear apart another bug and eat it, but they normally, they're normally eating seeds. Hmm. So it's unusual behavior. I'm wondering if this stuff releases some type of pheromone that's throwing them off then. Is it, uh, have I uh, gotten that uh, ladder back? Yeah, there's somebody coming with the ladder right now to set okay. it up. I'm going to carefully mark where the nest is. Um, I'm going to take a few samples of the ants too to take a look at because if they've been taking this, maybe I can see if it's having an effect on them. Okay. Um, so you collect a few of them into a vial. Martin, don't forget to talk to that couple over there while I'm doing this. Yes, I need to talk to them and I'd like to examine the trees in the immediate area as well. Would anyone like to come with me to go talk with that couple? Maybe after I climb a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold the ladder. Well, then when you're ready, gentlemen, I'll, uh, I'll take you over and unlock the school room. I can, I can join you, Professor Fraser. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm much help around the tree. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and give uh, the samples that I've already collected uh, to them so they can get it to whatever facilities we have. Okay. You're, you probably have a, a sack that you're putting your samples all in. Right. You're labeling them and putting them all in there. Yeah. I just figured I'd hand them over because I don't want to climb a tree with <laughs> little glass <laughs> files in you my pass pocket. Pass it down. I'll, I'll label them and I'll, I'll put them in a bag. Yeah. Work, I'm works for me. Ladder. So we'll work together on this. All right. <laughs> um, so you climb up the ladder. I'm not going to have you do you climb the ladder without a climb roll. Um, do 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 a spot hidden point as you get up there. Barely a pass. Okay. 
you can definitely see that something that most of the damage that looks like it was done to this tree is on the top side of the branches near the center of the tree. Ooh. So if if we're talking about, I mean, we talked about chopping, you would have to have literally climbed up onto a ladder and chopped down on top of the Or something tree. fell. And as you say that and you look up at the branches, um, they're still just starting to come with green. So there's a lot of it is still with branches. You can definitely see that there are that higher up there are smaller broken branches as if something maybe fell on the tree. Ooh. But you're not sure what. Um, is there a smell of uh, a noticeable chemical like uh, oil or? What you smell is a, not- a noticeable smell of rotting fish. Rotting fish. Yeah, very, very organic sort of smell. Okay, well, I'll call down once I get up to the tree uh, to whoever is still there that uh Something might have fallen and hit in the tree. Uh, Multiple things or one, like a, a hailstorm came in or well, a meteorite? Damage to anything else around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's localized at the tree. Um, I don't smell any oil or anything like that, so it's probably not... A machine could be could have been like uh, something like a balloon. Hmm, to cause are the are the cuts or the gouges in it running one direction at an angle? Are they straight up and down? They uh, are they haphazard? Um, if something were to have fallen from above, it would have hit the branches coming down and would have been spinning or flying apart. So yeah, they're not really in any particular direction. Hmm. Strange. Um, well, I, I climbed up here to get a better look at the uh, concentration of those pock marks on the tree. Um, do they have like any particular pattern? Uh, now that I know that an object hit the tree is it like where the object would have struck well part of it is is right in front of you part of it is up the tree a ways uh it would be difficult to climb up there uh but um it it looks like i mean it would have had to have been something it's it's just impossible to say it's it would have had to have been something fairly big but not so big that it would destroy the tree. Sure. It should be something on the ground. If, if something fell, there should be, well, I'm, I'm on the ground below, you know, at the ladder. Is there something that around me? Is there a hole or multiple little holes or? You can see maybe, like you can see a few splatters of the, of the purple stuff. Um, 
here and there, but you don't see any holes or anything like that. Uh, Professor, oh. Professor uh, Frazier, you are going to talk to the two people in the field? Yes, I'm going with Professor Butterfield as well. All right. So you and Professor Butterfield are walking out there. And these people, um, they seem to be quite preoccupied. They're standing around looking on the floor, on the, around like this. Um, what do you do? And, and just to clarify, the rest of the crowd, their attention is focused on the tree, right? Yeah, or, the, or you guys, or, uh, or those guys. or Some of them are going home, some of them are. Well, <clears throat> what do you think, Dewey? Well, I just find it very odd that everyone else here seems focused on that tree while these two are looking for, did they drop something? Mm, perhaps, maybe. I'll just call out. Ah, lost your uh, spectacles. Oh, no. No, it's not that. Just having a look around. Mm. Missing something? Oh, I'm, not. I'm here. We, we, we can help. Um, just, just having a look around. I mean, we figure something must have hurt the tree. You suspected something that's on the ground at this point? Something hit it? Don't know. Just looking around. Uh, please uh, uh, forgive myself. I am Professor Martin Frazier from Miskatonic, and uh, this is Professor Dewey Butterfield from Miskatonic as well. We're here to... Uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Butterfield. Dr. Butterfield. My, my, my apologies, Dr. Butterfield. <laughs> uh, we are here to, uh, to help figure out what's going on here. Um, is there something around this area we might, uh, might need to take a look at? They don't seem very responsive, kind of like... Uh, they're not, they're certainly not Massachusetts polite. They're they're just sort of wandering away from you, looking around the ground. What if the two of you do spot hiddens? Oh, that's a that's a fail. I guess I could spend twenty luck. That's a fail. Okay. No. All right. So um, you you get their attention only for the moments that you speak to them, and then they become distracted again. And, and sort of start walking away from you when they're around on the ground. Yeah. Well, that's, that's downright queer. Does there appear to be anything significant in the grass they're looking around on? Or, mm -mm. you know, if I go up to one of them and just kind of put my hand on their back and help. Yes. Is, is there something right around here I can help find? No, no, no. There's, there's nothing around here. Um, who are you? Professor Martin Frazier from Miskatonic, and this is uh, Dr. Butterfield from Miskatonic. We're here to to help with the tree. Well, the tree's over there. Yes, we just found it a, a bit odd that everyone's over by the tree, and and you are here looking looking at the ground. Perhaps there might be some connection. Mind your own business, and they uh, wander away from you. And it's weird because they're not wandering away from you at any great speed. They're just wandering away from you. 
I suspect they're from Connecticut. Uh, I don't think we're going to get. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get anything out of those two. Um, perhaps we should go back to the tree and see if uh, Doctor Miller and Sanderson have figured anything out. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, Dewey. Um, on the way back, I just like to do a visual inspection of the trees uh, in and around the area to see if they look like they've been affected by anything similar. Um, there's probably other trees nearby. You walk over to them; they seem in perfect health. Okay. So you all you all sort of gather together back at the tree, correct? Um, uh, Doctor Miller, do you come down from the ladder? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, gentlemen, shall I open up the lab for you? Please. Uh, and uh, yes, please. Quarantine this off. This section this off. Uh, all right. As far out as the ant hill that we have. What is that? Ten feet or so. Yeah. A, a full 15 foot around 15 let's yeah let's let the professor here uh tell you where to your boundaries here sure if there might be a problem why don't we uh coordinate this off so nobody can get to it yes sir and he thank you goes to get whatever he needs to do that um the school's right over here um you realize the school is about 50 feet from where the tree is uh he takes you into the science lab, unlocks it. Um, it's actually pretty well equipped for a, a high school science lab. There are microscopes, there are Bunsen burners, there are beakers. Uh, the, whatever collection of chemicals they have, they're probably basic. They don't have any advanced sort of you know, biological analysis equipment. But you, you should be able to get at least a fairly decent you know, idea if these are toxins, if they're if it's a biolog biological thing, micro, uh, you know, microbes or, or what? Uh, gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I didn't spend five years at Harvard University to do uh, a lab work at a high school lab. Uh, I'm, I'll be very surprised if we'll, we'll be able to get any kind of useful results with this primitive equipment. Our forefathers used to get excellent ideas from this type of equipment, so. I wouldn't oh. go, go poo-pooing it so quickly yet. Uh, the only other option is going back to the university. Well, the people over there were quite rude and didn't seem very uh, welcoming to our presence in this town. So I don't feel particularly compelled to spend too much of my time and expertise trying to fix a, a dying tree. There's plenty of trees in this town. But yes. nevertheless, I'll do what I can. Can we uh, get a chemical workup of the samples that we've taken to see whether or not they are biologically toxic? Um, do uh, do a role in your expertise. Your expertise. Uh, I have chemistry, disease, and microbiology, which would be more appropriate. Well, in this case, you said chemistry. So. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, Dr. Butterfield's also a chemist. Uh, I got a hard with that. Okay. Um, well, one of the odd things you notice almost immediately is that the, the, the purple substance is almost uh, dead neutral on the pH. It's neither acid nor base. It's, it's almost water-based, but it's much thicker, you know, than water. Mm. Um, 
you look for chemical compounds like arsenic uh, uh, elements that would be poisonous and you don't find anything like that. Uh, and, and from that point on, it begins to defy your analysis. It doesn't seem to be composed of what you'd expect from a biological substance. There's definitely silicon in there. There's huh. some odd, odd does metallic it, substances. Does it combust? Um, it does not. So it's non-flammable. I mean, well, I imagine if you torch it, uh, I mean, you literally put it in a torch flame. It'll, it'll, it'll burn. It'll first, it'll boil, then it'll burn. Okay, so it's and it has uh, a very acrid smell, very nasty. Okay, like so, burnt hair. Yeah. Okay, um, gentlemen, this is a little bit concerning. I'm not entirely sure that this substance is organic, technically speaking. Uh, now, microbiologist. Uh, who's our microbiologist? That would be me. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Under a microscope, however. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are there are reasons when you're looking at to believe that it is a biological substance. Uh, you're seeing structures that look almost like cells, but they don't seem to have the internal. If you find an actual complete cell, it doesn't really have the internal components that you'd expect from a normal cell. Where's the mitochondria? Where's the nucleus? What is that? Um, um, generally speaking, you can usually tell uh, plant cells from uh, animal cells. Yeah, you don't uh, see just, the chlorophyll. Okay. And so this was taken. It could be a fungus, you know. Okay. That's, very strange. That, that's what I was concerned about. <laughs> uh, a few moments go by. It, it's been maybe 15 minutes or so that you've been looking at this. Wait, well, did anybody else want to look at something or was anybody else trying to find something? Yeah, I'm going to study the ants. I'm going to see if they've been eating it, how it might be affecting them. Uh, uh, okay ants you're watching the ants and um we'll do an entomology i'll have you do it we're talking about the actual behavior. all right i had a regular success um when you collected them each of them had a little piece of this purple stuff uh now, normally the ants would carry their burden back to the hive. Uh, they would probably drop it if they were agitated and frightened trying to get away. In this case, none of them had dropped their, their little bit of purple. And after they sort of realize, ants don't realize, but after they seem to be confined in there for a bit, they decided to eat the substance. And then of the five ants that you have, uh, they began tearing each other apart. 
until there was just one left. And he began eating the others. And as you hear, as you're thinking that, um, the door opens and the sheriff steps inside and he says, gentlemen, um, we have another little situation that might be related to this. One of our uh, farmers, um, uh, Farmer Dennis O'Neill has just pulled up and he says that some of his cows are dead in his field and they seem to have some sort of purple goop on them. <clears throat> purple goop, you said? Yeah. I assume he's like the, like on the tree. <clears throat> it's about a mile from here. Okay. Um, before we do anything else, I'm going to go over to the sheriff and say, um, we cannot allow anybody to enter uh this room okay if the purple spots have uh crossed from a tree to a bovine whatever it is is incredibly reactive or contagious well i mean you'll have to come and see i mean i don't know how the two well, things could be related well no Cows i'm saying come over here no no, no. uh I'm not saying that. I'm saying that no one who has not already made contact with this purple goo should make contact with this purple goo. You've cordoned off the tree. Uh, go ahead and uh, can you cordon off the uh, school to make sure that nobody else uh, enters to have contact with our samples? Sure. And I'll uh, I'll get everybody to go home. All right. Yeah, that would be best. Right. I'm concerned about some sort of biological hazard. Well, um, meet me right outside the school in about five minutes, and uh, we can drive over and take a look at Farmer O'Neill's. Understood. Uh, I, let me go take care of that problem right now. I'll get one of my deputies to help. At, at three leaves ago, gentlemen, I just saw something very interesting with these ants. Um, normally, ants will drop what they, you know, when they're captured like this and drop what they they had. These ants didn't do that. And then they ate it. Then they all started attacking each other until there was only one left. And that one started devouring the other ants. That's not normal ant behavior. Mm. No, no. Sounds like we'll have to take a look at that nest a little I closer, so. too. Um, um, I, I start so handing out paper masks to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we need to be extra careful on this. Hey. Well, we we have the nest kind of quarantined right now. We need to check out those animals. Who's? I would think that would be more your area, Professor Sanderson. Yes, I'll I'll definitely come out. Should we go out as a group or should we split up? I was wanting to take some soil samples as well out here too, maybe well, to I see if it's well, spreading. Why don't you go ahead, um, Sanderson? Um, um, go out there um maybe one of the you others go i'll collect the sam soil samples for you because you know you want samples around the tree correct correct and just yeah. radiate out yeah, to our perimeter uh be because of the infectious nature of this if it crossed from uh, a species as diverse as 
an American elm to a bovine, this is incredibly either reactive or infectious. So I think I should accompany you, Dr. Sanders. Please. Please. Uh, I, think, I think I'd like to go as well. And I will stay here with uh, <clears throat> Professor Nielsen and keep an eye on the tree and make sure people uh, keep out of distance. Okay. Keep yeah. an eye on that couple should, out there as well. So Dr. Butterfield and Dr. Nelson are staying and uh, going to collect soil samples. And Dr. Miller, Frazier, and Sanderson are heading uh, with the sheriff and uh, Farmer, Farmer O'Neill out to his property. Uh, you've got two cars. You've got the uh, police car and you've got um, the truck that uh, the, uh, the farmer came in. Uh, so you'd have to split up. It doesn't matter how you split up. Uh, but I'll give you guys the chance. Of, oh, well, we'll split you up. How do you want to split up? One of you can go in the truck and two of you can go with the, the cop. I'll hop in the truck. Okay. All right. So I want Martin, you can question uh, the farmer and uh, the other two, if you want to say anything or ask the sheriff anything, you can do that now. Um, let's start with Martin. Yeah. Uh, and so when did you say you first noticed this? Oh, just, just a little while ago. Um, my, uh, I've got I've got about thirty head of cattle, and uh, they normally you know I start bringing them in before the evening gets here, and uh, I know you know they they actually are pretty they're they're not smart animals but they're kind of smart. They all start wandering over to the barn, and I always do a head count as they get there, and I count it, and there were four missing. So I walked out into the field to see if I could see him anywhere, and it took me a little bit. But I finally found him, and they're lying dead on the on the ground with some sort of stuff on them. Uh, so I came in to tell the sheriff and uh, found out about you folks in the tree, and he said it might be related. So that's why you're here. What did the the stuff on them that you said? What what did that look like? All like uh, like purple honey, I guess, uh, uh, as if it were, you know, some sort of goop. Did it have any kind of smell to it that you could tell? Oh, yeah. Smelled really bad, like uh, rotting meat or dead fish. Rotting meat, dead fish, like like rotting cow? Well, maybe, like yeah. I mean, the cows are all bursted open. Mm. Did you hear anything? No, nothing at all. Uh, do you farm this area alone? Anyone else? Well, my whole family. I mean, we're all here. There's farms all around us. No. Didn't hear anything. Didn't see any strange flashes of light or, or anything along <laughs> well, those Well, I mean, lines. Other, than, other than, you know, that thing the other day that was in the newspaper, uh, the fellow with the... The rockets, I think that's what they call them. The fellow with the rockets, I, in in Worcester, uh, they they it you know a couple of months ago, he was shooting stuff off and, uh, it was making some noise and scaring folks, and then they put it in the newspaper and, and so we're not that 
frightened by it anymore. But I mean, he's trying to do something. I don't know what reached the moon. Hmm. Do you have any of these newspapers at your house still? Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I'll show you when we get there. Why is you think that's important? I just like to 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 read it. If I asked you, did you see anything, and that's what came to your mind, then perhaps there's some connection there, whether whether we realize it or not, or you realize it or not. Um, I'd like to. Could I do a psychology role just to see if, if I can get a bead on telling me the truth, or he's just? Oh uh, yeah, he seems honest enough. You don't. He seems honest enough. That. Yeah, sure. So guys, pull into this farm. And uh, it's, a, it's a fairly nicely spacious, you know, farm. Uh, and there's a large barn. And uh, the, uh, the farmer walks you past the barn and shows you inside the cows that are now quarantined, or at least they're, they're, they're in the barn. And he says, uh, it's right out here. And uh, you guys walk for... Oh, five minutes um, to get out into the field, watching for cow patties and stuff like that. And you come to a place where the first thing you notice is that there are four cows. They're not in any particular pattern. They're just one after the other, sort of on the ground. Uh, They're laying on their sides and their stomachs seem to have burst open and there is purple goo on the ground um, that looks the same as the stuff on the hmm. on the not the best smell no I'm uh, I'm putting on my uh, heavy boots <laughs> and definitely donning that that mask. There's not gallons of it, but you understand. Double masking. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> Should um, we uh, wait in? Well, I mean, it's not that much. <laughs> do you want to take one of these and put it on the back of the pickup and take it back to the lab? Uh, uh, probably weighs two thousand pounds. Yeah, you can't. But even even if we could, I might caution against. We're not sure what what this is transporting it. Well, that that's why distance un, uncontrolled. Let's try that's to get a sample I, of the goo. And I I don't think that we should just leave it out in the middle of a field though. Like especially if it is contagious. Well, he should move all of his cows that were in this pasture out. If he hasn't already, he well, has. He's moved them into the into the the barn, but they were yeah. all together earlier. Well, so what is it? the whole uh, herd was all together. Yes. So you may we may want to keep an eye on the whole herd and keep them away from any other ant- livestock that you may have. Yeah, I I suspect a biological contaminant. So let's get whatever information we can and then uh, dispose of the bodies. If there is some kind of capability, we saw. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if it's the, the farmer, the farmer says to you, "If that's if that's what we need to do, I can get a bunch of gasoline. We can burn the damn things." They uh, want uh, to think about that, but maybe not right now. Let us. Yeah, go go ahead and pile it up. Uh, get it so that when we can, we can use it once we're done. I'll have to get my. I'll get my tractor up here. I can. I can dig a pit. 
put them all in that and mm-hmm. light it on fire. Sure, you have plenty of uh, yeah. experience doing this. Um, it happens, yeah. So, uh, did it look like they just they drop here? Do a um, do a spot in. Uh, regular success. Okay. Um, when you look at the cows, um, I mean, it's it's revolting. In fact, it looks like something exploded from inside their stomachs. Um, and once you sort of think that, uh, you turn around and you look closer at their heads and you definitely see purple goop around their mouths as if they were eating it. Mm-hmm. So let's set up a search pattern, boys, and uh, let's see if we can find, identify well, any of the vegetation here that may be well, what they're feeding off of. Unless it's that, the hay. Uh, before that, at uh, this particular scene, did, does it look like whatever it was exploded out of their stomachs, or was it just the abdominal cavity that erupted? It looks like it. It, it definitely looks like their stomachs. Okay, exploded. Um, no, okay. I can do yep. another spot hidden look. Yeah. Uh, Simple success. Um, so as you're sort of looking around, um, you do notice some scorch marks here and there in the grass, um, as if something burned the ground here and there. This is where I'd like to, um, probably pin flag those spots. Okay. And probably take the soil samples from those. Okay. Um, all right. So you're doing that, and uh, Dr. Miller and Dr. Fraser, are you enlarging the parameter, walking about? I suppose, but uh, when I see the burn marks, uh, do they resemble any kind of chemical accelerant that I'm used to, or? Um. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, the way the ash has sort of uh, the way it's, it it looks like maybe it was splashed with something that was flammable. Mm. All right, I'm taking note of that and uh, just with whatever I have on my hand, if nothing else, a piece of paper and you know. Uh, a rock over it just to mark the burn spots to see if I can see if there's like any kind of pattern to it. Okay. Well, it looks like it covers an area. Um, not, I mean, partly where the animals are and, and partly in other places. Um, why don't the two of you do spot hiddens again? Fail. That's regular success. Oh, um, whoever had the success? Uh, Sanderson. Okay, so Sanderson's looking around too. Uh, and both yeah. of you failed, the other two? 
Yep. All right. Uh, Sanderson, as you're looking around and they're looking around and all this, you all of a sudden notice that there's something metallic in the grass over to one side where there's a, a fairly large burn spot. Uh, I'll walk call, call everyone else over. Something's over here. Okay. Uh, you guys walk over to it and you realize, well, you see uh, this. And it's about two feet long. Oh my. And it's surrounded by burnt grass. And it's obviously been scorched. Two feet long, you say. But it doesn't look like anything that you've ever. I mean, it, to put it in modern terms, it doesn't look alien, but it doesn't look like a piece of equipment that you can think of. Huh. Is the farmer out there? Uh, the farmer's gone back into the house uh, to see if he can find that newspaper article. So, uh, well, why don't we do this systematically if we're going to just pin flag the, uh, the burn spots, pin flag the find or a little laths or something, and then... Uh, kind of draw, kind of sketch this all out and see if there's a pattern going on here. Um, how large is the metallic object? It's about two feet. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, with the shovel that they've been using for soil samples, I'll kind of uh, pick it up and okay. try to move it over you think that it's probably made out of copper mm. maybe brass maybe maybe it's got a little bit more yellow tinge to it than that. okay i'll i'll move it over to the uh sheriff's vehicle okay you're going to carry it all the way out of the field yeah i don't want mm, whatever this is kind of it seems to have contained the agent that did this so I don't necessarily want to leave it there if there's more to it. Okay. Um, one thing to note is there is no purple residue on this at all. Mm. And it does have a smell, but it's quite a bit, quite a different smell. Um, mm. Almost an ozone sort of smell. Uh, like, um, well, like something, like some sort of fuel has burned but not gasoline or kerosene or anything like that. Let's jump back to the other two. Um, Professor Nelson and Professor uh, Dewey, uh, you guys are collecting soil samples. Um, you don't really notice anything in the soil itself. I mean, you find probably a few spots where that stuff has fallen. But you notice that the amount of ants has increased and their sole purpose at this point seems to be collecting this stuff and taking it into their nest. Uh, why don't you guys do spot hidden for me? Just a success. Okay. 
you know that the sheriff cleared the people out uh, maybe 15 minutes ago uh, to leave you alone, and he's put up a barricade. Um, you guys have been collecting soil samples, and uh, it, it's 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 a little baffling to you the, the the what these insects are doing, and you sort of in exasperation sort of sit there on your haunches for a moment and take a breath, and you look over and you notice that those same two people have come back, and they are continuing to walk around the field as if they're looking for something. Now this is a gentleman who's apparently the librarian and the other one is the wife of the greengrocer. They're dressed the way people would dress in a small town. They don't look particularly They don't stand out in a crowd. They're just regular old people. She's dressed in a, an old you know, house dress, and he's dressed as if he were a librarian. But they seem, they're completely ignoring you as they're looking about. Dr. Nelson, yes. I tried to talk to the, those, that pair uh, several hours ago. They were acting very strangely even then, but yeah, they were they weren't at all polite. You're trying to uh, gently inquire about you know why they are wandering around staring at the ground. Acted very acted very queer, very strange, very strange. You know what? I think we should um, keep an eye on them. They're act, they are acting strange, and you know, obviously, questioning them isn't going to work very well. But maybe by observation. So, you know, remember, and uh, remember, sometimes it's best to notice nature uh, through observation. So why don't we keep an eye on them? I'm gonna. These ants seem to be getting more ag not agitated, but gathering more of the stuff. I think I'm gonna dig up this nest. And keep an eye on those two. As soon as I get this nest dig up, so I can see what's going on with this this goo that's going on in this collection. I want to know what's going on in that ant hill. Yeah, so uh, my character will just take a very, uh, keep a very close eye on these two. Yeah. And I'm going to going. dig. Yeah, go ahead, Professor. So as Professor Nelson is digging, um, and uh, Professor Butterfield, you're watching these people, um, they don't seem to have any apprehension that you're watching them. Uh, they are making circles uh, and slowly working their way closer and closer to the tree as they go. Um, like I say, as if they are systematically searching for something. Um, when they get to the barrier that the sheriff has put up, uh, once they've exhausted the possibilities, they simply move the barrier out of the way and they move Excuse to the inside of the barrier. You'll have to leave this area. This barrier has been put up to keep people out so we can check this area out. So you're going to have to leave. They, um, they sort of stare at you for a moment, do a spot hidden. 
Is the sheriff still around or any other police officer? Uh, not at the moment, no. They went out to the farm. Nope. Nope. Well, they stare at you just sort of with a glazed over look for a few moments. And then they, they look almost as if they're a little confused by what you said. And then they just sort of keep going. They step inside the barrier and they just start looking down at the ground. Um, after a couple of seconds, and you're kind of stunned by their weird behavior, um, Margaret stops and she gets down on her hands and knees and starts going along the ground, once again, as if she's looking for something very intently. Um, uh, when the guy sees her do that, he gets down on his hands and knees and starts moving around, looking for something. My character will, I'm going to go over there and physically grab the man and try to pull him up and prevent him or stop okay. him when you doing to see, see how he responds. Uh, are you going to say anything to him before you grab him? No. You're just going to grab him. Okay. Let's grab him. Um, uh, you put your hands on him, and he immediately stops and looks up and you says, Hey, what are you doing? Put your hands off of me. Uh, my good man, you'll get all dirty and you might get sick from the tree. Uh, what business is of yours? But just what business is yours? We were summoned here by. Uh, your we're not in your way. We're not stopping you. Look into the, the, the mystery of the sick tree. So we're looking out for your well-being here. So I suggest you and your friend get up off the ground and get on the outside the barrier for your own well-being. You see him sort of turn and look at the tree. And then without looking at you, he starts walking towards the tree. Um, she's still on her hands and knees walking moving around the ground and you suddenly see him walk over to the ladder which you guys have left leaned up against the tree and he starts climbing it up into the tree what do you do professor nielsen any ideas i said i grab the guy from going up and pull him down i said you're not allowed up there He's going to kick at you if you try to grab Serious is off limits to you. It's completely ignoring you. Well, since I have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> he's kicked at me and he's ignoring the quarantine. I have a shovel in my hand. I'm going to whack him on. <laughs> Are you really going to whack him? <laughs> uh, well, no, but I'm going, to, I'm going to try to pull him down. Okay. He's, pull he's, down. Going to, he's going to resist. And uh, you can do a grapple. Uh, the result right. would be either you realize that you're either going to have to pull him physically off the ladder, or he is going to keep climbing up. All right. I was able to grapple him. Rather, a, um, What'd you get? A um, hard success. Okay. Got a 16. What did you get? I got a 22. Okay. Well, I think that he is going to manage to you you pull you get a hold of his pants and you're pulling and 
he yanks away from you, and then he sort of scrambles up the tree. But he never looks back at you. He never acknowledges that you're doing anything. It's as if he just got his legs snagged on something and just yanked it free and continued up. He's not mad at you. He's not staring at you. He's completely ignoring you being there. And now he's gotten up to the crotch of the tree and he's not stopping. He's climbing up into the crotch of the tree and putting his feet in rather precarious positions and trying to climb up higher into the tree. Let's go back to the other ones. <laughs> okay. You guys are, you found this metal thing. Are you continuing to look around, see if there's anything else? Well, yeah. what is it? Uh, if I get the metal cylinder back to the cop car with uh, the couple of samples we've taken. Um, We're not if, ready to leave the field yet, though. Still right, but like if if we're not going to take the cows with us, then we need to take pieces of the cows with us. So this is... Just to get the goo around the mouth. There and, are bits of burst organs that are definitely down on the ground. If you yeah, it's... Maybe some of that. It, it, it's important to get like some of the tissue that the goo interacted with so we can determine like what it's doing to the structures. So whatever I have there with me, I probably came with like, you know, some knives or something. Sure. To uh, probably grab some stuff even from the high school so that you have extra things to put stuff in. Right, dissection kit. It's uh, I don't want to get too gross on this, but uh, I'm I'm going in for relevant tissues. Okay. Um, so you're doing that. How about uh, Sanderson and Martin, uh, Doctor Frazier? Yeah, I uh, one concern I have is that the, these cows that have been exposed to this. Uh, we saw what happened with the ants, or we were told what happened with the ants. I'm concerned that these cows might react the same way. I don't know if there's a possibility for the farmer to separate them. Um, probably not, I'm guessing, but that is something I want to want to bring up and see if there's a way that we can separate the cows. And then also that article, uh, the newspaper article that you had mentioned before. All right. That's the cows, the cows are in the barn. Um, they do have, they don't all have separate stalls, but they're twos and threes together inside the barn. Um, they are locked, locked behind gates. So if there is a problem, if something starts developing some sort of weird thing, then you'll be, definitely be able to isolate them. Uh, okay. What is it, uh, Dr. Dr. Sanderson? Yes. Um, do you think it's prudent to take uh, tissue samples of the rest of the herd to see if there's an infection that we can determine? Yes, I think that's uh, very prudent. I was definitely going to go, before we leave, check out the, uh, the remaining herd. Um, they're not milking cows, are they? Uh, no, they're steers. Okay, so they're not drinking or right. consuming any of the meat. And 
warn the warn the farmer of that obviously he's, like he's we did waiting, before so yeah right he's uh, so i mean he's but yeah i aware. i was gonna continue my search take a few samples uh soil samples here and then that's my plan right now and then check the uh check okay. the professor sanderson cows. do uh uh do a luck roll six um yes pass all right so you are uh you're getting some samples and you notice a place in the grass uh, right nearby where it it seems like the grass has been mashed down somewhat and so you think well maybe a soil sample from there who knows and you start walking to it do a dex roll dex 50 no, failed. Okay. You're walking towards this, and it's as if something blocks your leg from moving forward, and you suddenly find yourself tumbling off balance forward and hitting the ground rather hard. You've tripped over something, but when you look back, your foot is sort of, you've tripped over something, but your foot is sort of hanging there in the air even though you feel something solid underneath your your foot. Uh, is what, in <laughs> what is what did I just trip over? I'll kick it a little bit. There is definitely something there, but it is completely invisible. You can do a sanity. See me crawling away, kind of crab crawling away from it. Sanity roll. Wow. Hey. Six. I'm good. All right, we'll take one point of sanity damage, and you probably yelp. Yes, and, uh, I'm, I'm yelling. Professor <laughs> Fraser, you notice him fall and, and yelp, so you think maybe he hurt himself. Oh, Professor Sanderson, what, what, what's going on? You need help. I'll start making my way over there. All right, do a luck roll. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just tripped over. There's something. I'm kicking at oh, something. No. That's a 95, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you as you run forward to sort of help, uh, Professor Sanderson, get up. You also trip over something that's there, but not there. Um, do a do a dex roll just to see if you do yourself any damage. Uh, thirty nine. That's a pass. Okay, you don't you don't hurt yourself, but you do fall onto your knees, and you both suddenly realize that there is something there that you can't see. What was that? Did did something grab grab me? Uh, no, we tripped over something. I'm I'm kind of kicking something here. Does it make a sound? It feels like it's not a hard, rigid thing. It's somewhat soft, like you were kicking um, uh, kicking something soft and invisible. Is it fleshy and meaty? Are you um, touching it? I'm not touching touch it? it with my hand. <laughs> well, you guys have. I did on. this, I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's something there that's that's fleshy and meaty. Call Doctor Miller. It feels, over. it feels kind of smooth. Um, Doctor Miller's got. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm elbow deep into a cow right now. Well, I'm going to take one of my soil samples and just start sprinkling it over this thing. 
except for right on the very top of it, where the dirt sort of manages to balance, the dirt just falls off. But there is definitely something, well, it's very strange. Uh, it's definitely not evenly shaped. It's, is that a, a tube? But the tube doesn't lead, it leads to a flat surface. And it's, you have no idea the shape, whatever it is, it's a shape completely bizarre. How long can we? The, you're guessing that the thing is about at least maybe a foot and a half long, um, and there seems to be some sort of tube um, that uh, Professor Martin could kind of feel. Um, it's definitely flexible. Um, it's soft. It's soft to the touch, but it's also firm. Like, like it would feel like as if you were touching a dead body. That was invisible. Ugh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a, a dead body. Are we talking a, a dead, another dead cow, perhaps? I, mean, I just cow can't. shape. You do notice places now that you look around at where there's that purple stuff in the grass. I'll keep my hands away from the, from that. Right. Uh, maybe the farmer has a tarp or something that we could maybe lay it on the ground and, and maybe roll this onto it. Oh, you need a tarp? Uh, well, yeah, I'll go get the and tarp. Some, and some shovels or some poles. Here's the, uh, the article. I found it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Grab yeah. that. And... He, hands, uh, he hands Professor Frazier the article. You want to see it? Yeah, it's in the Worcester newspaper. Meteor-like rocket startles Worcester. Clark, professor's test of new propellant to explore air strata brings police to scene. Worcester, Mass., April 2nd, 1926. A rocket designed by Professor Robert H. Goddard of Clark University in his experiments to explore the upper air strata was sent through the air in an isolated part of Worcester this afternoon like a flaming meteor with a roar heard for two miles around. The noise was such that residents called police headquarters saying that an airplane was shooting along on fire. Two police ambulances scoured the area looking for victims, and an airplane left Grafton Airport to aid the search. It was later learned of the experimental launch, and the public has since been warned of possible future tests in the coming weeks. The experiments marked the climax of 17 years' work by Professor Goddard to design a projectile that can penetrate the upper air regions. Professor Goddard has the financial backing of the Smithsonian Institute as well as Clark University. And there was a picture, and you can sort of look at that and say, oh, okay, there's the same chunk that we found. Well, if it's from Clark University, you know it's no good. I mean, that's that's clearly what's going on here. That's why um, it crashed. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> we have to go clean it up, of course. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I guess we have our our rocket here, but was it was this inside of it? Right. That that is the next logical step. I don't know if I want to say logical, but we found this buried here, and now these 
cows are literally exploding here and well there's none of this makes sense and plus we have something in, invisible goo or guy i don't know what this is uh but my my thought is uh get it on the tarp we'll take some poles and if it can be moved we'll push it onto the tarp maybe yeah. the farmer can have the tractor i don't know we almost need maybe something to lift or maybe we can actually lift up it's, the corners of the tarp and carry it's it. It's not that big. Yeah. Okay. It probably, so, probably weighs about 15 or 20 pounds. Oh, so we can easily carry it in the tarp, but I don't want to touch it. So right. we'll roll it into the tarp, carry it kind of like a, a big bag there. Okay. Um, Dr. Miller, you have your samples up. You guys are going to talk to Dr. Miller about this. Oh, I yes. Yeah. He's got to see this. You've got to see this. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can, though. Oh, yeah, there, see? there is nothing what I was in the for. as far as you're concerned. Yeah. I, it looks like they're doing a pantomime. Yeah. What are, what are, what are you guys all about? Is this uh, a joke of some sort? <laughs> we'll lay it down and open it up. There, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. there. <laughs> you can see some stains of purple. <laughs> Very, very funny, guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, when we pick the tarp back up, you can obviously see that there's weight in there. There's something yeah. in there. So, you know, with uh, Martin on one side, myself on the other, we pick it up. It's noticeably sunken in the middle. There's something. I tripped over this. We both tripped over this. There's something there. There's something there, and it's potentially something that a uh, professor at a institute of perhaps dubious backing uh, has shot. Clark University. Has shot. <laughs> Ooh, that's an Shooting interesting up thought. rockets. Um, I go to touch it. Is it, uh, can I, can I feel it? Is it, does it have weight and It has weight, dimension? it has mass, um, it has dimension. It feels, like I say, kind of fleshy. Hmm. Um, though the shape of it, you can tell that there are ragged edges to parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are parts that are smooth. And hmm. there's a strange sort of tube coming out of it um, to sort of follow the tube along. Right. Um, you can feel that the tube uh, goes along for maybe, oh, 18, 20 inches. And it's getting smaller as it goes. But then suddenly there's a round, bulbous sort of end to it. Uh, I'm imagining something like a stigma uh, on an orchid. orchid? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, does the fleshy end at the uh, opposite end, like much like a flower, have a little bit of uh, either granular, like powder feeling stuff, or sticky? It feels smooth, almost glassy on one side. Glassy. Interesting. Maybe if we take it back to the lab, we could take a sample of it. Okay. Well, actually, I'd like to. Uh, with whatever knives or whatever I was using before, can I, and this may be hard because of it, it being invisible, uh, 
can I attempt to kind of shave the surface layer off and see if it's just the surface that's refracting light or if it's um, invisible all the way down? All right. Um, uh, you begin to, you know, try to scrape along it or, or something like that. And you yeah. find that your knife is moving very smoothly over the surface. Um, you try to catch a part of it to where you can see if you can cut down into it. Uh -huh. And you find that it is incredibly tough. Hmm. You can't seem to pierce it with your knife. Maybe you don't have a good enough grip. Maybe you need something stronger. Maybe it's not. Well, it's fleshy and limp, so it's very hard to right. cut into anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's jump back to the other two. You guys are standing here, and uh, this fella has climbed up into the tree. Now, he's become very precarious. He's trying to pull himself along the limbs uh, up higher, and you see that he sort of stops. And as soon as he stops, um, Margaret, the woman on her hands and knees, suddenly looks up where he is and she uh, she stands up and she starts to move over under the tree where where he is and what you're supposed to do spot hidden for me ah failure Okay. She's standing there looking up and he he seems to be doing some very odd movements uh in the tree. At first it's it's bizarre. He seems to have put his hands up and he's almost moving like he's dancing. And you're like, what in the hell is he doing? Uh and his his hands are like this as he's sort of doing this and he's moving back and forth now as he's doing that he's not touching the tree but you notice that the tree branches are starting to do this along with him as he's doing that and then he's sort of doing this to the tree and then suddenly he does sort of like this and you hear something thud into the ground and the grass is suddenly crushed right next to where Margaret is. And Margaret immediately looks down at the spot and she sort of puts her hands like this and she's leaning on something that's invisible. It's, she's defying gravity. You guys can do sanity please. Yeah. Because you have no idea what's going on because you failed your. <laughs> oh, oh, I failed my sanity too. I feel like. Just take take two points of sanity damage. Um, he immediately is climbing out of the tree. Holy shit, Dewey! And she's literally <clears throat> Doctor Butterfield, please. <clears throat> uh, Professor Nissel, might I suggest we take a step back and watch how this plays out? All right. He climbs down uh, with her. I guess her. so, because you're not paying attention to us. That's for sure. 
he climbs down and he's over across from her and they're both sort of facing each other and they're sort of leaning on something that's completely invisible. And it's, they're, they're sort of at this angle, sort of leaned. And then you see him sort of moving his hands about and he suddenly gets his hands like this and he goes, like this and bites into something that's completely invisible and you see that purpley blue stuff start to dribble from his mouth as he's doing it and then she begins to do the same thing I think you can do a sanity roll scan (laughs) that's another failure jeez all right um you take another two points of damage as you kind of back away. Um, they are suddenly ravenously trying to devour something that seems to be completely invisible. All right. Professor Barfield, I think we stop Otherwise, it may end up like the ants. <laughs> And is there anyone else, uh, Jim, is there anyone else by the tree, like other bystanders? No, the bystanders were all told to go home. So just the two of us and the two crazy people. Well, Professor Nielsen, I, I don't know what we could do at this point. Um, clearly, there's something there that defies the laws of physics, light, what have you. Oh, we can't keep, let them keep on eating that. You know what's going to happen to them. Well, they were quite rude earlier. Earlier, so I cannot. I don't. I don't, I don't think they're locals. All right, I'm going to take the flat side of the shovel, <laughs> and I'm going to t- anticipation. Why does this thing know exactly when to crash? Oh, no. 47. And so the, so the two of them are, are oblivious Wait, to us? Yeah, let's not continue until. Okay, <laughs> okay so we lost what, you. Uh, are you back, Dr. Uh, Nelson? Okay, I'm going okay. to. You're going to take the flat I'm side of the shuffle. to try to knock out. And then knock out the guy. I'm not trying to kill him. I'm just trying to knock him out. All right. Um, wh- who are you going to hit first? <laughs> the guy, since he is the, the, guy. the most dangerous of the two. All I right. Think. Go ahead and do a brawl roll. Uh, and and Jim, they're quite oblivious to what we're doing. They're just completely. Okay. All right. I had a hard success on that. Okay. I rolled a ten. So. You hit him good and hard across the back, but he doesn't go down. What he does is he suddenly looks in your direction and he is snarling like a wild animal. You can see this purple stuff down his face and his eyes have gone completely black. Um, And he looks immediately like he is going to lunge at you. 
What do you do? <laughs> I'm going to, I, I, well, since I hit him with the shovel, I'm going to probably have the shovel a little bit bare to keep him away from me. I'm trying to stab over the shovel, but more like use it as a, a distance thing. Okay. Uh, Dewey, what are you doing? Um, I want to, I guess, find like a medium-sized rock on the ground and try to throw it at yeah. whatever. Like, There's not really took, any rocks. No, nothing around, like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a step back from Professor Nilsson getting killed by this crazy guy. And I'm just going to observe how this plays out. Okay. Yeah. All right. He is going to lunge at you, Dr. Nelson. You're going maybe, to try and dodge, or you're going to try to fight back? Maybe I can get his office. Um, I'm going to try to fight back. Okay, go ahead and roll. Oh, that was interesting. It actually landed on itself. <laughs> interesting. Okay, I had a regular success. Okay. Uh, he did not. He failed. So he seems to be out of his mind and not very coordinated. Um, uh, you bring down the, uh, the shovel, across, you whack him across the face, and uh, he goes down to the side. And uh, as, he, as he hits the ground, uh, he seems to be somewhat dazed, but he's dazed like an animal and he's growling. And I'm going to now- move away. You now hear that you I'm now hear Margaret away. start to that growl. Is. So Margaret has begun growling as well. I'm moving away. You're moving away? You're moving over where Dr. Uh, Butterfield back is? Away quickly. <laughs> don't, don't come over here. <laughs> yes. Is, is there anything nearby I could use as like a weapon, a, a tools, piece of wood? Probably not. No, okay. Your nearest shelter is the classroom. It's about 50 feet away. Uh, as I say, uh, Professor Nielsen, uh, discretion is a better part of valor. I suggest we hook it back to the uh, lab and maybe we can lock the doors. I'm going to carefully back away because I'm not going to turn my back, but I am going to back away further, see if they, as we're moving away, maybe. Um, you have every reason to believe that they are going to come after you in a moment at full. He wasn't holding back one iota, so. Although you have seen, you have decided to wait, and uh, all right, I'm, I'm running. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So you guys are both running back towards the school. Yeah. Okay. As soon as you bolt and start to run, uh, there's a moment of them sort of orienting themselves, and then they're running after you. Um, did you did you get that? Or in? Yeah, they're running after they're us. They're running I'm, after you. Okay. I'm running for the lab. All right. So you guys are running pretty much as fast as you can back to the lab. All right. Let's jump back to the other three. Um, you guys have loaded your various samples into the truck. Um, what do you want to do? Uh, what is it? Uh, we already said to... Uh, decided that after we were going to get the samples, we were going to uh, dispose of the body. So uh, if the farmer's back with 
the pit and uh, the gasoline prepared, uh, I say we light this sucker. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it takes him all of 15 minutes to, to dig a small pit to push the bodies into the, the pit and to light it on fire. Yep. Um, and the, the, the fire goes up, the smoke goes up. And now it sort of smells like somebody's cooking fish. Uh, yeah, mask you've got, on. You Ugh, have fishy the, smell? Yeah, kind of like. Even over the uh, the smell of like the rest of the, of the animal, cow. yeah, yeah. Oh god! Uh, when you yeah. were sort of looking around in the animal, if you noticed that there was definitely some sort of change to the to the tissue of the animal. Um, okay, it wasn't very bloody, as if something in the blood itself was was changed. Uh, like a tumorous growth or no, like, like the chemical composition of the oh. blood itself was somehow changing. Okay. This. So it was starting to produce this purple stuff, right? Ooh, yeah, that's really bad. Um, well, I, we were going to go just check the, uh, the, cattle that's that's alive still take some samples and it sounds like definitely draw some blood from them and then i'm good to go back if you're ready yep okay yep mm -hmm. um you check the other cows you're unnerved you're very unnerved by this whole thing so you you just say you know you don't know you don't know how quickly this develops um you don't see any immediate signs of any of the other cattle, but you might, you know, you need to, you tell the, tell the farmer and the farmer's upset, obviously, because he's, he could lose his entire oh, yeah, very cattle, much. Yeah. but if it's a disease, it has to be done. So he's very well aware of that. He's a farmer. He understands the, the horrors that sometimes happen on farms with diseases. So, um, you guys get your samples, you get your weird invisible thing, you've got the tank, and uh, you're gonna head back into town. Yep. yep. As you, as you pull, oh, we'll get back to you in a moment. Um, so you guys, uh, you have run to the classroom and you have bolted the door. And just as you get inside and you've, you've locked the door and got inside, there's banging on the door from the outside. And you're sure that it's those two trying to get to you. Um, it lasts for two minutes at the most, and then it goes dead silent. And then you can actually, you can actually hear their, uh, footsteps as they run away from the door. Um, if you look out the window of the classroom, you see them running back into the town. Into a town or back to the tree? They're running into the town in different directions. <clears throat> well, that's... <clears throat> Professor Nelson, that's a bit worrisome, but I, I don't know what 
what what we could be expected to do at this point. They were eating something. Hmm. Shall we go out there? What's um, let's see what's in this lab that we can use. Maybe some. Um, why don't you grab that um, fire blanket over there? And I'll grab these talcum this talc powder. You know, and see if we can. Um, find what they were, I kind of remember where it was. Let's see what the, what the heck that was. Hmm. Definitely defies physics. All right. So you guys have gotten together what you, what you think you need. Um, you're going to go back outside. Uh, I assume you're keeping your eye open. All right. Um, get back to the tree and you begin to wonder about what where right where they were standing and in fact when you get over there you realize there is something that is invisible lying on the ground it's fairly large like uh, maybe uh seven feet long um uh thick maybe uh maybe three feet thick, uh, that they were leaning on this thing. Uh, there seem to be parts of it that are uh, ropey and uh, kind of ridged, but it, it's definitely got a very specific shape. Do spot hiddens, both of you. Oh, well, 22, I actually made it. As you're as you're look or not looking at, but you're feeling this thing, uh, Professor uh, Nelson. You think you see either the you think you see the man that was here, the, the librarian, um, run from those buildings to those buildings in the town. as if they're running around doing something. What do you want to do? I go, do it, uh, Professor Barfield. I think we should try to wrap this thing, get back in the lab. I don't, they're going from building to building. I, I'd hate to think that they might be infecting people. Perhaps we should look for a local Constable or the mayor himself try to pass on a warning? Well, let's get this thing in the lab first and then give me that blanket. This thing's far too large. It must weigh oh, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Uh, yeah, we need to get to the constable. Um, do we know where the uh, or um, where the police department is? You saw it as you came in, but it's down down through the town a little bit. You'd actually right. have to go in the direction of that guy that you just saw running. We're gonna we don't. We don't have a car. The, the, the other three have yeah. the car. No, you. They, you actually have your car. Oh, we have here. a car. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll take the car down there then. As you are heading towards your car, uh, the other three and the far and the policeman, they've all piled piled into the policeman's car. Uh, the uh, the farmer stayed at the farm. Uh, you see them turn the corner and they're starting to head towards you. The three of you in the in the car, 
as you are pulling back into the town, uh, you see a woman run across the road and go into a house. Um, uh, just looked like like a somebody's wife, or you know, but she was acting. She was lopping like a almost like an animal as she did it. So th this was the same woman from before, or a different woman? Um, do uh, are you in the car? You're not in the car. No, it's the car people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Well, would I recognize no. her? If I yeah, you talk to. Her. Uh, you can do a yeah, do a, a an intelligence roll, <laughs> knowledge roll. Oh no, that's a ninety. Uh, okay. You don't know. She ran past too fast. You weren't expecting it. Um, what is it? Uh, she ran in front of the uh, in front of the car while we were driving, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sheriff. This sheriff. What? What's that's odd. Yeah. This, this, this <laughs> seems like your problem. <laughs> that, that looked like that looked like Margaret Rundle. Well, we can walk the rest of the way if you want to go check that out. Well, I'll come back and check. Uh, but uh, well, just drop you right over here by the by the tree. Oh, there's well, your there are your friends. Yeah, let's. Uh, you need to uh, deal with this. It may be uh, related. The behavior of uh, all right. These people may be affected by the substance. All right. So he parks the car. You can see your I, friends. I you guys go. The car as it yeah. pulls up. We're like waving them over. They're waving us over. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm. I'm running. No, I'm running to the vehicle. Okay. All right. All right. I have have you all do a spot hidden again before you get together. Just barely make it. Actually, I'm sorry. A listen roll. Listen. Yeah. That's not as good. I don't. Think. And do we have luck points we can spend? Sure. Okay. I, I got a success. Um, as you are getting out of the, the vehicle and as you guys are moving towards one another, uh, you suddenly hear a scream roll, uh, come out from a house somewhere over there. And then you hear one from over there. And then you hear a gunshot. Um, as you guys are all wide-eyed coming together in the middle of the town. What do you uh, do? Uh, Dr. Uh, Nelson, I believe the uh, ant uh, toxin is affecting people. Well, all I know is this, is those two that you talked to earlier, Fraser, they found something up in the tree and started trying to eat it. And I, I hate to tell you this, but it's not visible. And they all of a sudden had this purple goo around them. And then they started running around into the town. Wow. You found something Perfect. invisible too? We have yeah. a specimen in the back of the you, car. You've got to not see this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we both found something invisible. It's amazing. Yeah, it we didn't is, try to eat it, though. Uh, this is fascinating. <laughs> I tried to stop them from eating, but they got angry and tried to get us. Uh, well, so they ate it and acted like, maybe we should get these two invisible things out of here. Well, the thing that we found is like seven foot long. Oh, it's seven foot. Ours is 
No, there's a small piece. And and I hate to tell you this, but those two ran off into the town going from building to building. Well, I'm worried they we might definitely got to get rid of the source of the infection to make sure this doesn't get worse. Uh, we should uh, go to wherever this invisible thing is with the car and uh, put it in. If it's seven feet long, it'll fit in the back seat. I don't know if we can lift it. It's awfully heavy. I we mean, burn it. five of us together? I don't guys know. I suddenly, like your idea of burning it. You guys suddenly well, you have a notice a piece of it. Down between a couple of the houses in the town, uh, you notice a couple more people that have come outside. Um, they're not running about in a ravaging manner, but they're heading towards the road that you guys are standing on. They're not heading towards you. As they get to the edge of buildings, they begin to turn and they begin to sort of stumble towards the central tree. Oh, and you can see- it. We gotta burn it now. You can burn see it with that, what? <laughs> that a couple of them have bite marks with blue goo around Ooh. them. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, we need to go uh, uh, load it up. Uh, we can figure out what to do with it afterwards. But we, we need to get some ga- gasoline, uh, get in our car. Where well, I suggest the- we get in a car and get out of here. This in, town oh, is. <laughs> it, Jim, in the laboratory, was there anything the chemist could use to create some sort of flammable? Probably acid, not. gas, kerosene, anything of that. Uh, Probably not because they were kids. They wouldn't want the kids to uh, be blowing each other up. Uh, there's gasoline. Aldehyde, gasoline. Is there a gas station in town? There's a small gas pump station, sure. Well, I mean, we're, we're not going to burn anything if half the town goes and takes bites out of it before we get to it. We need to secure it before it we sounds like we can't station. pick it up. We, and we, we can't we pick it up. We burn it. How do we know that? No one has tried. <laughs> All right. Professor Nelson did. As you guys are having this discussion, are you standing there or are you moving? <laughs> We're moving because we got to get the thing and pick it, try to pick it up if we can as a sure. group and put it in the vehicle. Yeah. Sure. It, if nothing else, we can move it a couple uh, yards and maybe it'll take them longer to find it. <laughs> it'll take up two more steps. Um, well, we'll get the car. Somebody go get the car, and then the rest of us will try to pick it up. But yeah, I yeah. still think we should be looking for gasoline as soon as possible. I think so, too. Or siphon it. Yeah. We have hoses, I'm sure, right. in the lab. It's, I'm not going to say it's going to be difficult to find gasoline around a, a small rural town. Um, people have it just in their garages. and Yeah, there might be a shed at the school. All right. So your plans are you're going to try to do something with it. Um, It's a good idea. The only problem is, is now you notice that apparently uh, Margaret and this, uh, the, the librarian are infecting people and the people who are infected they're not acting in a hostile manner, but they're heading for the central tree. And there's now a few of them that are approaching the tree, um, pushing the barricade out of the way. 
Have we been able to pick up the body and put it in the vehicle or not? No. I mean, you haven't had – this is literally as you guys are moving in that direction. Well, do we want to just try and go up and move it? And yeah. I, uh, yeah. See if they follow it first. They're going to be all around it before we ever get the gas. What yeah. about they try to stop us? Well, they don't know where it is yet, so we're hoping that we can put it in the car real quick and go. By the way, yes, you aren't in the truck anymore. You're in the car. Right. Uh, so you've you've moved stuff. You've transferred stuff to your vehicle. Well, can we all fit in the car and this thing? Oh, yeah, it's a it's a touring car. You can fit eight people in there easily. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do they look like they know where the thing is? Like it looks drawn? like it looks like they're being drawn towards it. Um, okay. Uh, how about this then? Um, the, the bit that we have in our trunk, if I get it out and kind of unwrap it to where it's exposed to the air, do they look at that? Are you going to try that? Yeah. All right. Um, do a luck roll. I think when you unwrap it, then there's definitely at least one of them that starts to drift more and more in your direction as if they can smell it. Um, meanwhile, you hear more screams and gunshots from the town and do a listen roll, all of you. Anyone? Nobody got a listen roll? All right. I've only got I don't 20. Think anyone's listening I, mean, I, I couldn't even spend a luck down to make that <laughs> a pass. <laughs> Neither could I. <laughs> All right. So where are you guys going? Uh, I got the chunk of stuff that one of them's following. I suppose I'm trying to lead them away. Yeah, make some noise leading away while we try and grab the other thing and get it to the vehicle, the and then you come back oh. and off we go, right? And yeah. problem we're just, solved. We're just circling around town a few times while we get gasoline. Try to burn. I want to get. I want to get gas and burn this thing down. Yeah, I'm. I'm buying time as much as I can by. Uh, yeah, I'm buying time as much as I can by holding the chunk up and just like running, and yelling and trying to draw their attention. Uh, your yelling and stuff does not draw any attention at all. However, if you sort of, uh, it, it, it's like, it's it's like ants. If the smell has crossed their path, they'll sort of stop and and turn in your direction. But once again, they're not moving particularly fast. Um, they're they're acting like they're looking for something, but um, they're not crazed. However, you still hear you hear more and more commotion coming from the town. Uh, um, that, that's fine. So long as I'm keeping their attention and drawing them away from the big chunk. Okay. Uh, so tell, kind of describe, let's assume that the tree and the chunk and the school are at one end 
and the rest of the town is up here. Which which direction? Are you? Uh, I am running towards the school. If they have any kind of like a football field or anything like that, just a big open yeah. space. Yeah, they have a big football field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as they're not going quickly, I'm pretty sure I could like run in circles and keep quite a few of them busy. Okay. Kind of the zombie land thing, Mira. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping ahead of them. Yeah. How about the rest of you? Tempting um, to move the body into the car. There should be enough of us, hopefully, to pick it up and put it in. Well, yeah. I, the body is like six feet long and three feet thick. Uh, drag it there. It's the size of a cow. All right, then we're we're gonna get gas, and we're gonna as soon as yeah. we see that that's, that get some gas and try to burn it. Okay. Um. Uh, I would like the four of you minus uh, minus Doctor Miller to do listen rolls again. Hey, pass. Worse than before. <laughs> All right, who passed? I got uh, Dr. Sanderson. Dr. Sanderson? Yeah. Um, Dr. Sanderson, have you ever heard cicadas? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, they just hatched. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a quality to the sound of cicadas that just goes right through your head. You know, it's, it's awful. Um, there is a high-pitched whine in the air that you've just started to notice. At first, you thought it was just like a tickle in your head. Um, but the the closer you guys are getting to the, the tree and these other people are heading towards the tree as well, you're starting to hear this noise. Now it's not a cicada, but it's just as annoying a sound. Um, and after, uh, when you start to, to notice it, it takes a couple of minutes, but the rest of you begin to notice it as well. What was that buzzing sound? I, sounds like cicadas, but it can't be. It's not the right time. Yeah. That's, That's let's burn this. Let's burn this thing. <laughs> so, Jim, are we still seeing townspeople running back and forth here and there? Uh, yeah. And in fact, you're not sure you're going to get to the body before some of them do. Um, that seems to be where they're focusing. But, and, but they're not paying any attention whatsoever to us. Completely ignoring you. Yeah. Um, they're wandering, but now there's probably a good 10 of them coming from all different directions heading towards that tree. Well, gentlemen, let's get as much gasoline as we can. Burn that damn tree down. Okay. Get back to Miskatonic. Yeah, um, that's the plan. Do a, do a luck roll on uh, on finding gasoline. I'll even give you a bonus. Ooh. Do two rolls to see if you group roll or no, you can. I don't care. You're gonna I got find a four. Gasoline. I got a four. You're gonna yeah, you've got a four. <laughs> you, you know, in the in the um, in the janitor's uh, shed. The maintenance guy's shed. You're going to find gasoline. All right. So you've got a you've got a five gallon thing of gasoline. Let's say. Um. You find that at the school. 
Uh, you know that uh, Dr. Miller is running around in the football field. You can see him out there sort of running about um, <laughs> with a couple of the townsfolk sort of lumbering after him. Uh, but you also notice that a couple people have gotten to the invisible thing and they are hunkered down eating. Gonna get complicated. Um, Dr. Miller, you can do a listen roll. No. Nah. Okay. You're too busy running. Um, you all can't hear anything over the thudding of my heart. <laughs> uh, you all notice, except for Dr. Miller, that this um, the sound, this high pitched whining sound, seems to be getting louder. It's getting to the point where it it kind of is hurting the inside of your head a little bit, the way cicadas do if you've got them for too long. Um, uh, what do you guys want to do with the gasoline? You now know people are these people are eating whatever it is there that's invisible. They're not growling or attacking you, but you guys haven't provoked them. We have what our option is to burn these people and the specimen, or just drive away, grab Dr. Miller and drive away from this. This this ringing is getting louder. I don't know what's going on. I'm not willing to burn these people. Maybe the gas will turn them off and move them well, away, but that might mean that they attack whoever turns the gas on them. You just said, yeah, they attacked you when they were biting them or biting into this thing. Uh, but they attacked when we provoked them. Hmm. I assume as soon as you pour that gas on there, I'll provoke them because that's definitely a, a taste. Most so, things don't like gas. Do we want to get out of here? <laughs> Well, whoever does the gas, you better be ready to run. We'll have the car door open ready for you. I'll do it. What about Dr. Miller? And I'll be ready to light it. Dr. Miller, you can see them deliberating. We <laughs> <laughs> should call out to them, bring them in. It's about time. We're going to do the thing. I'll start running towards them. <laughs> Yeah. Dr. Miller, do a spot hidden for me. That passes. Okay. Um, you can certainly start to hear this whining noise as you're heading in their direction. Um, but there's an odd phenomena as you are. You're still carrying the specimen with you? Yes. Okay. There's an odd phenomena. Uh, you wonder, you're wondering, why aren't they lighting it on fire? Oh, I can, you can see that there are people there. Maybe they don't want to light the people on fire. And then the odd phenomena is you're looking, you, out of the corner of your eye, you're looking over and you're liking, well, did they light a fire over there in the field? Is there something burning over there in the field? What, what is that? And as you're, running towards them and you're getting within earshot where you can yell to them. There's a light out in the field, a place where, I mean, it's daylight, but there's definitely a place where it's getting brighter in the field nearby. Um, 
you guys are kind of preoccupied, so you don't really notice it, except that you see Dr. Miller looking out into the field, and he starts pointing. I'm, I'm yelling, what the hell is that? Don't we have enough to deal with this situation? <laughs> what well, ahead of time, Dr. Miller? Oh, well, let's burn this first and then deal with that later. <laughs> Am I doing the thing or not? Yes, do it. Professor cool. Frazier. Tell me exactly what you guys are going to do. Uh, if, if they have gas, as soon as I get to them, I'm throwing the chunk down and uh, dousing it with gas and lighting it on fire Okay, right then and there. Just nearby or what about Just, the... Well, the chunk I have, which nobody's around. Right. Okay. I think Fraser was trying to pour the gas over the main... Right, on, on the main... Yeah. Okay. If if they've got the gas like uh, pouring on the main body, I'm I'm trying to go for a touchdown and getting that chunk as close to the other chunk as I can. So you sort of toss the chunk to the other invisible chunk as they splash everything with gasoline. Now the people who are eating have been splashed with gasoline as well, and they haven't reacted. They are seem to be ravenously eating something that's invisible. There's purple coming down their eyes. You can see their eyes have turned black. Um, more people have begun to join them. And despite the gasoline, they don't seem to hesitate to begin eating. Do you? Can we, can we call them people anymore? I don't know. Yes, they're just impaired. The sheriff is now amongst them doing oh, the same thing. I mean, if, this, if this escapes a small town, who knows how far this could yeah. spread? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, stop it, it, you guys. Wait, did uh, Professor Nielsen, did you already tell me that uh, they chased after you once you attacked them? Yes. I probably did. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys set that thing on fire. I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm lighting a match and say, like, have the car ready. I'm going. I'm, I'm just going to go up to one of the like closest ones. Just sucker punch them. I don't even really care if I do any damage. Just kind of enough to make a hostile attempt and then run towards the school. Okay, I would like you to do a regular, you know, fight brawl. And this is really to see how badly you hit them. In God's name, is he doing? That is something stupid, like I said. Uh, I'm going to use a absolute ton of luck, but I will get a success. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll for damage. Right. D3. Three points, max. Okay. Um, you use your fist to uh, smack this one person in the side of the head, and um, they fall to the side, uh, a little injured. Maybe you, yeah. you know, you've. You've hurt them a little bit. Um, 
they lay there dazed for just a moment and then they immediately write themselves back up and go back to eating whatever it is that's invisible. Shit. Um, the sound, this high-pitched whine, is at this point suddenly becoming almost unbearable. It's hurting your ears. You, uh, you have to bring your hands up to, to sort of plug it. You also notice that whatever it is out in this field, the light suddenly gets insanely bright, um, like arc welder bright. Um, it's a blinding bluish light. And you suddenly feel a kind of concussion blast as a something hits you that though the wind hits you and it's a hot, uh, hot wind uh, when it hits you but then it's almost immediately followed by what feels like an icy, uh, icy blast of wind. And there is something coming into the field. It's forming itself in the center. It's a kind of a gigantic blob sort of thing that that's the biologist. You're immediately thinking something that looks like, an amoeba, um, only 20 feet high and 30 feet wide. Um, and as the light fades and this thing completely materializes, it's this ooze sort of looking thing, kind of blackish green. It's completely covered in tentacles. It's got eyes on it and huge dent dentine sort of mouths on it and uh it begins rolling crawling towards the central tree where you guys are standing uh, uh you can all do sanity rolls yeah okay uh, I, I bet we can <laughs> it's failed failed fail do a 1d6 uh succeed do a 1d uh four That's uh, five points for me. One. Six, 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 six. Okay, if you got five or six points, do an intelligence roll. Oh, yeah, I understand completely. Uh, yeah, if you, if you pass Asked. your intelligence. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you can each do a 1d8 to see eight. what your insanity result is. Uh, uh, one and two. Uh, Dr. Miller, you see this thing and begin screaming hysterically, and uh, all of the blood seems to rush into your head, everything turns red, and you faint. You completely drop. Um, oh, Professor Irwin, uh, Professor Nelson, uh, you are your mind snaps and you begin running as fast as you can in the opposite direction. And you're going to flee. Uh, nobody else. Okay, you guys are all still rational. Uh, you see Miller drop to the ground, faint. Uh, you see uh, uh, Butterfield running. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Nelson, Nelson running for his life. Uh, what? And this monstrous, gooey thing in the middle of the field moving towards you as if it were a gigantic amoeba consuming everything in its path. 
uh, Dr. Fraser, let's grab Dr. Miller and, and let's get out of here. Get Dr. Miller, light a match, get and, in the car, yeah, get, doc, get Dr. <laughs> Nelson, Dr. Butterfield. Butterfield, have the car warmed up, ready to go. Let's get out of here. All right. So you guys run for the run for the uh, the car. We're gonna try uh, to grab Dr. Miller. Yeah, we'll say that you grab him and hoist him up, and you're running with him. Um, Can we toss a match? Um, sure. Yeah, the match hits, and there's a whoosh. And uh, I'd like you all to do spot hiddens once again. Well, not not Dr. Nelson. He's running. Yeah. You see him running. He's heading for Peru. Well, regular success. Okay. Um, You notice something very odd, and that's that the people who were consuming. Just just now? (laughs) It's odder than what we've already seen. (laughs) You see different behavior than you expect to see. Um, The people who are consuming. uh, they suddenly they've burst into flame because you know they got gasoline on them. Um, they stop consuming, and they they all stand up almost in unison, and they turn towards the thing that's coming for them, and they stand there in front of the invisible body thing, and they just raise their hands like this, and they just stand there. Uh, you guys have run to the car you've tossed dr miller into the back seat um you've started uh you started to drive uh and you, you can see uh dr nelson down the road running um, is he going our he, direction or the other direction he's going he's going down the road away from the town but okay. as you look back this thing it mows over the people fire and all it seems completely unaffected by the fire. You see the tree shudder as it crashes to the ground, and this thing sort of envelops it very much like a gigantic amoeba. Um, you then see it turn, if it turns, and it heads towards the school, and you see it smash into the side of the school and begin to envelop the school and destroy the school. Uh, There are crashes and explosions. You then start to notice that there are people in your town, including Margaret and the librarian, who suddenly come calmly walking out into the middle of the road. You have to swerve to miss them. And they just stand there with their hands like this as this thing moves into the town and begins enveloping and eating everyone. Destroying all the evidence. And you guys manage to catch up to Dr. Nelson as he's coming out of it and he's turning and he's looking and seeing you there. And you guys let him jump into your car and you drive away and you do manage to get somewhere safe and you are you survive although you're all probably mentally um damaged <laughs> incredibly i don't i don't think we're going to need that those hotel rooms <laughs> and that's <laughs> and that's the end of our story
We never got to the town, guys. That's yeah. our story. Yeah. <laughs> we were delayed in traffic. You're, 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 you're probably approached at some point by the probably Arcane so, Society yeah. wanting to figure out what happened. But um, all right. So what happened? Um, Professor Goddard, if you know, if you know your, your rocketry history, he is the inventor of rocketry. So he was doing his little weather rockets and trying to, to do that sort of stuff. Well, it just so happened that on the day that he was doing this, um, the town of Rutherford was being observed from above. It was being observed by an elder thing. The elder thing was, was up above and it was camouflaged with invisibility and the rocket just accidentally smashed into him and it killed the elder thing who was on a observation mission from Antarctica uh, and his body hit the tree. It, part of it fell into the field a mile back and uh, uh the elder things are pretty intelligent. So they had contingencies for if something like this happened, if there was an accident. And what the accident was, gather all of the evidence into one place. Um, it was a kind of pheromone. And any animals or any things that came in contact with the pheromone would consume whatever they found and then eventually bring it into one central location. Um, the ants were trying to do it. Uh, the two people had started to do it, but they couldn't find the body because it was too high up in the tree. So they were looking around for it on the ground. The cows found it, but they didn't seem to react very well to the, uh, the consuming of it. Um, it's debatable whether the other cows were infected or not. But once they had managed to get enough of it in one place, the elder things back in Antarctica used a teleporter to teleport in a Shoggoth. And the Shoggoth would then go clean up all of the mess. And uh, it would have been fun if you had some of that in your trunk because it would have followed you wherever you went. And, uh, Didn't we have a sample still from the You had the, the sample for all of the school. Yeah. Well, no, we had cat when we uh, went to the cows and took samples into and stuff from their mouths well, that it wasn't blew. it wasn't so it wasn't much the, the goo it was the yeah. body that they yeah were it wasn't the body for. we didn't have any of the body um, yeah we had cow tissue we didn't have any of the invisible yeah. chunks if it, if it had sensed any of that invisible body it would have come after you wherever you went I'll test that we <laughs> <laughs> all right the cool <laughs> the, the original story though and i have often said this is sometimes when when matt and 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 uh, uh noah name these things they named it the lurker above and i'm like dude uh, that gives everything that gives it away <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so we were in danger of being infected is that why you asked about what kind of precautions yeah you could have if you'd have gotten the purple stuff in you or if you'd have been exposed to it, then you might have started to behave. Um, start chomping away were, on it. Yes, start chomping away on it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Our players included uh, Ryan Sesney, Andrew Bush, uh, Thomas Grooms, Oren Meyer, and Brian Ridge. 
with uh, yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the fine arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.